question. How do we uncompromisingly love Jesus, keep him in the center of our lives, keep him squarely in our focus, keep him as our vision, while wholeheartedly caring for people? Now that might sound like an odd question for you. You you might go, well, those just go hand in hand, right? Should be an easy combo to do. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. Because they don't don't have, it's not a 50-50 split on balance. We are here to honor Jesus. We are here to glorify Jesus, to lift him high, to exalt him. And as such, we know that he's given us the command to love him and to love others. And so we love. To uncompromisingly love Jesus, there's something we need to know first. How does Jesus see love? How does Jesus ask us to love him? Jesus has a way he wants to be loved. Did you know that? We show love a variety of ways. We have different expressions. All of us do. And usually we love in the way that we want to be loved. I'll give you an example. Um, Earlier in in my marriage, um, I'd always get cards from Kara. And I'm like, man, what a waste of five bucks. Like, what a waste of seven bucks, ten bucks. Man, Hallmark, what a racket. Actually, you know, I I laugh, but Hallmark's one of my favorite stores. I I love going to the Hallmark store. But I'd get all these cards from Kara. And uh, I think I shared, being a dude, and sometimes just being a little dense, I shared with another guy, I'm like, yeah, Kirky's giving me these cards. And they're like, well, that's because she wants cards. She's loving you the way that she wants to be loved. Um, she's giving you cards because she wants you to take the hints because you're a little slow sometimes, that she wants you to give her cards. And so uh, I got her a card, just a random, it wasn't a holiday, it wasn't any reason, just got her a sweet, pretty card. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that made her so happy. And I did it again. And then finally at one point I said, hey baby, you don't ever have to give me a card. But I know you really like cards. Me, I could care less. Um, Tell me that you love me. You know, write it out, put it on a sticky, and that's just as valuable to me. Um, but I understand that you hear love that way, so I'm gonna, I'll get you cards. And so that's, that's made just for a happier life there. We all have ways that we want to be loved. If, if, you, if you wear a size eight and a half shoes and... You're a converse, you know, you're a Chuck's kind of person. And I show up and say, hey, here, here's a size 11 um, Nike uh, Deltas. That's what I like. And that's what I wear, size 11. If I show up and say, hey, here you go. I, I got you something that's really awesome, really cool. Enjoy these size 11 Nikes. Is that a, is that a legit expression of love? Like, is that a thoughtful expression of love? No, you can't use it. If we desire 
to to be loved is good for us to communicate that and say, hey, I, I uh, you know, there, there's different love languages, right? There was a book or something talked about, like the seven love languages. And, and, and if you're in need of affirmation, of being built up, you know, wives, you know, you're in need of that affirmation, but your husband is giving gifts and, and physical touch. That's, that's a, a, a wonderful expression of love, but tell him, say, hey, I appreciate the gifts and I, ex- I appreciate uh, the touch, but I need to be built up. I need you to build me up with your words. I need affirmation. We see in Scripture that Jesus lays it out for us how he wants to be loved. And if I can be so blunt, either we're going to love him or we're not. Either we're going to be generous lovers or we're going to be self-centered, selfish lovers. We can't come to Jesus with the way that we want to love him and think that's a, a sincere and thoughtful expression of love. It's not. It's a selfish love. If you want to turn in your Bibles to John uh, or your Bible apps, John chapter 14 will be in 15, will be in 13, so you can kind of, you know, you can kind of put a finger in there and keep that spot. But I, I want to read the answer of, of how Jesus wants to be loved. So turn to John 14. All right, verse 15 of John 14 says this, If you love me, obey my commandments. This is also translated, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, that is something that you will care to do. You will obey my commandments. Love for Jesus is proven and demonstrated by our obedience to all he says. He doesn't say if you love me, you'll obey a, a few of them. Hey, if you love me, you get to pick and choose and just pick a top three. He says, if you love me, you'll trust what I'm telling you and you'll obey my commandments. John fourteen fifteen says, You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. You know, uh, that passage that that we'll read sometimes said, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And and we've taught that that's that's a repetitive verb. Ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And it's that same Greek verb tense here where Jesus says, if you obey and keep obeying. The way that Jesus sees love is obedience. Is there anyone else other than me that says, that's a tough one? Anyone else that just rub you the wrong way just a little? The way that Jesus sees love is obedience. Is that, is that how you see love? It's not how I see love. But I'm not Jesus. And you're not Jesus. And our ways are flawed. And our sight is limited. 
our everything is limited. Our imagination, our vision, our grace, our forgiveness is limited. With Christ, it is not. And Jesus did away with the huge 700 and something laws that determined whether or not you were righteous or not and said, let me sum it up with this. Love me and love others. These are the commandments I give you. Love me and love others. Trust me and obey me. You guys, we don't have to, we don't have to guess at what, what God wants. We don't have to guess about sexual sin. We can look in Scripture and see that all sex outside of marriage, whether it's pre-marriage or whether it's extra-marriage, like outside of marriage, all sex outside of marriage is sin. We don't have to guess. It's there in Scripture. Now, let me remind us, this is that God created sex and that sex is good. But when he says, this, these are the confines by which I'm asking you to do it, we can take it to the bank and trust it that he has our best interest at heart and not that he's depriving us of something good. He's trying to protect our heart. He's trying to protect our emotions. He wants us to trust him. He, he understands the, the beauty and the strength that comes in walking in purity. He wants us to make him our place of affection until he brings that earthly place of affection in a spouse. He wants us to love him. He wants us to obey him. So what do we do with the fact that some of us don't like this? Aha, there's the rub. Will we trust God? Even though we don't like it. Will we trust God even though this doesn't make us entirely comfortable? Will we trust God even though our, our pride rises up? Will we trust God even though this doesn't make complete sense to us? Do we love God enough to obey him when our minds can't connect the dots? So this is, I'm not going to preach the book of Revelation, but I'm going to make reference. I believe it's Revelation 16, Revelation 13. It, it talks about the mark of the beast. It says, without this mark, you won't be able to buy or sell goods. That sounds bad. That frightens me. That scares me. I'm totally uncomfortable with that. The Bible says, without this mark, you won't be able to do that. But he says, curse are those who take that mark, who bear that mark. So I'm asking you right now, will we choose to trust God even though at some point when that time comes, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Well, what harm could a little mark do? Or what harm could a little disobedience do? What, what harm could a little rebellion do? I've got to provide for my family. Really? Because in, in Scripture we see that God says, Look at the birds of the air and look at the lilies in the ground and look at how, how ornately and richly they are dressed. And do I not care for them? How much more so will I care for them, for you? 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Our God is the provider. Our God is the source. So why do we, why do we have that punch list of things? We say, I like this. I don't like this. I'll obey this. I, don't, I won't obey this. I'll love you with this. I'll ignore this. And we all do it. And there's times I feel, I feel the Holy Spirit go, I, I, uh-uh, no, no, oh, Harper. I just ignore it because I'm, my flesh, I got to get that last word in or I got to, whatever it is. And I choose me and I choose that, that short moment of gratification instead of trusting God. To love God, to love Jesus, there, there has to be some time spent with Jesus. The more we spend time together, the more, the more I love you. The more you spend time together, the more you love each other. That, that's just one of those things. It doesn't matter what, if it's in the context of friendship or marriage or you know, buddies or whatever it is. The more time we spend around each other, the, the tighter we grow and the more our affection grows for one another. To know how Jesus sees love, we wouldn't know that without spending time in this word and hearing him say, this is how I know you love me, that you will obey me. And then we can talk to him about it. Lord, what are the areas in my life that I'm not showing you that love? Lord, Holy Spirit, would you just show me right now? What are those areas in my life that I'm not showing love to Christ in this means of obedience? And just write it down and listen and then repent of it. Jesus was the most relational dude. There's just not a more relational guy that we know. You look at his interaction with his disciples and the love that he demonstrated to his disciples back then. It was real. The love he demonstrates to us his disciples now, it's real. What did Jesus do with them? He walked with them. He talked with them. He laughed with them. He ate meals with them. He celebrated holidays with them. He gave them nicknames. He fished with them. He cried over them. He taught them. He busted their chops. Jesus taught and corrected and instructed them. But he did so without shaming them. He shared the Father's love with them. He gave gifts to them. And he included them in his mission. And he, and he does all that with us if we will spend time with him. He'll do all of that with us. Very first message I preached at Impact Rock on January 2nd of 2010 in our living room in Westminster, Colorado. Very first message, I talked about whatever it is you like to do within reason. Do it with Jesus. I talked about it. if you like to have a cup of tea, have a cup of tea with Jesus. If you'd like to have a beer, have a beer with Jesus. Go out on your front porch and, and have a beer with Jesus. And start and, and just talk with him and spend time with him and ask him to make his word come alive. Whatever it is, include Jesus. Have a meal with Jesus. Jesus, we're getting pizza today. Jesus, we're on a diet today. So we just go enjoy water together. John chapter 13, verse 34 says this, A new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another. Can, if, can we stop right there? That's not new. That's not new. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. In Leviticus it says to love one another. Leviticus is Old Testament. Leviticus is early law. Love one another. That's not new. But let's keep reading. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Think about that fine print in that command of Jesus. Love one another, but love them as I love. And Jesus loved richly and extravagantly and faithfully, consistently. He didn't run out. He didn't bail. Even when people bailed on him, even when a disciple betrayed him, even when all his disciples fled at at the, the torture of Jesus, he didn't bail on them. He restored them. Even when they ran, he restored. He restored Peter. That was one of his... First acts as risen Savior was to restore Peter. Say, say, I didn't change my mind about you, Peter. You're included in my mission. I know you blew it. I know you denied me three times. So three times I ask you, will you feed my sheep? Will you feed my lambs? Will you feed my, my people? He restored. Love one another as I have loved you. It's the same That's Paul's command in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. With a selfless love, with an enduring love, with a patient love, with a teachable love. But yet he said, a new commandment I teach you. So here's what he's saying. Jesus is saying, loving others as yourself, isn't good enough anymore. You have to love others with a love that goes beyond yourself. So I'm just letting you know, and this is like one of those like no-duh moments. My job's not to, to bake you cupcakes. Andy's job, Chris's job, isn't to bake you cupcakes. It's not to, to, to bring over a, a puppy and so you can... Rub the puppy's tummy. Feel better? Okay, have a great day. Our job is to honor Christ, to love him with obedience before we even get to the part of caring for you. Because that is what you need demonstrated in your life, is that love to Jesus, the way he hears love is obedience. And I don't care that we're not comfortable with it. I don't care that it ruffles my feathers and it bows my back a little. That's how he said, love me. He said, if you're my intimate, sincere, close friend, this is how I know it. You'll obey me. What does what obeying represent? Trust. Commitment. Togetherness. Jesus' sacrificial love of going through the cross, that's the new standard. And here's the thing. Here's the kicker, okay? 
hear me in that. Jesus' standard of the cross, that sacrifice, that's the new standard. And we can't do it on our own. We don't even have a shot. There's not enough goodness within you. I, 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 I admire Kathy. I know Kathy and I admire Kathy. She is good. There is goodness that flows from that woman. But her goodness isn't enough in the way that Jesus is asking her to love others. What Jesus is doing is saying, come to me, get filled up by me, and then go and love others. How do we do that? We worship. We, we spend time in his word, not, not to gain you know, a certain benchmark. I read 25 pages today. I read a chapter today. I read a book of the Bible today. No. Spend time with Jesus and let it open up dialogue. Jesus, I don't know what this means. What does this mean? Holy Spirit, will you just teach me right now? Jesus, I don't like what this says. Is there something in my life that I need to, to grow in that my flesh doesn't like this? Lord, this isn't what society says, and I kind of agree with society on this, Lord. Will you teach me because I don't want to choose society over you? Spending time with Jesus helps us to know Jesus. When we know Jesus, we love Jesus. When we love Jesus, we love like Jesus. And that's really one of the points I'm trying to drive home today, to love like Jesus. And this can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life as we walk out our faith. Walking with him. Anybody have a bad moment this week? Chris, can you come on up? Anybody have a, have a bad moment? Anybody stumble? Anybody sin? Anybody cuss? And I don't mean like the little cuss words. I mean like the big ones. I mean the, the good ones. Anybody gossip? Anybody hold unforgiveness? That was my Monday. <laughs> I got to tell you, when, when I have a, a tough moment, when I have a tough day, when I have to run to Jesus, and I don't always do it. I don't know why. It really makes me mad about myself. Why is it I know I need to run to Jesus in this moment and I don't? Why is it, is it that I know I need to open up to one of those default scriptures, like for me, Psalm 91 is one of those default scriptures where I can just take a bite and chew and chew and chew and chew and chew. And then I can take that exact same bite again. Maybe it's two or three verses and chew and chew and then go to the next one. And then when I'm done, I'm like, oh, Lord, I run to you. I, I find comfort in the shadow of, of your wings. I... I I fall into the embrace of your mighty, huge, awesome arms. That's, that's some of the passages that I would remind myself of from Psalm 91. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, the problem's still there, and, and my childish behavior is still out there. But I'm reminded that your grace is bigger, that your grace is enough. So, Lord, I forgive myself. Lord, I look to you. Lord, I receive your 
your healing. Lord, I receive your power where I am weak. I run to you. Know him, love him, love like him, and then help people to do these things. So this is a challenging word. I know it. It's a challenging word. you've benefited from it. Some of you immediately know you've benefited from it. You, you know right now in this moment that you've benefited from it, but others it'll be later and you're like, ah, okay, Lord, I don't keep that word at arm's distance. I, I receive it. That last part, help people do these things. we got to help people know him, love him, so that they will love like him, so that we're walking in obedience. I'm going to jump ahead to John chapter 13. I'm going to read 12 through 17. And, and with this, I'll close. John 13, verse 12. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? The literal translation of that is, Do you understand what I have authored in you? Do you understand what I've just written upon your hearts? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Church, it's it's safe and right to read this passage as, if I, Jesus, your Lord and teacher, have blank then I want you to blank. If you've seen me do this, do this. If you've seen me run to the Father, then run to the Father. If you've seen me tuck aside to pray, then tuck aside to pray. If you've seen me study Scripture, then study Scripture. If you've seen me give, then give. If you've seen me serve, then serve. If you've seen me wash your feet, then wash feet. Follow. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you what? Do them. Do them. I love that we get to come together and I take this seriously that I get to stand up here and and point you to Jesus and that I get to seek the Lord about, Lord, let your word come alive and then he speaks and then I get to share it and hopefully it's revelation to you too. But I'm just telling you right now, guys, we are to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Before we close our eyes, I think with our eyes open. Thank you, Robert. Robert looked right up at me. He's like, I'm with you. I'm listening to you. Can we ask the Lord, what are the ways I'm not obeying you? Because I want to love you how you want to be loved.
can you just ask him? Like, it doesn't even have to be a prayer, like close your eyes prayer. It could be an open your eyes prayer. Lord, what are the ways that I'm not obeying you? Because I don't like what you said. Lord, what are the ways that I'm not obeying and loving you because it's, it makes me uncomfortable? Just, just ask him and invite his response. Write it down. Take a note. We all got phones. We all got like the note app. The yellow header. Take a note. This is what Jesus said I'm not obeying him in. This is how I'm not loving him in. These are the things I'm going to bring to him and say, Lord, just grow me in this. Change me in this. Mold me. Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now, is there anything else you want to do? Um, Anything else you want to do? Guys, Jesus wears size 12 shoes. We can't bring him our five and a halfs and think that that's an adequate expression of love. He spelled it out there and said, If you love me, obey me. If the Holy Spirit is already stirring things within us, just take a second. And, and repent over that. Just change your mind and say, Lord, I've thought wrong and I've acted wrong about this. Lord, I repent and I turn to you. Lord, I will love you with obedience. Lord, I will love you with trust. Lord, I will do what you say. Lord, I, I, we can all pray that. We can all pray that because there's times every one of us are selfish. There's times every one of us are self-centered. And there's times every one of us are insecure and we care more about what others, what others think than, than what you think, Lord. And so we come to you right now with our flaws, with our rebellion, with our sin. And Lord, we, we repent of ways that we have intentionally ignored you. Lord, we repent of ways that we haven't trusted you. Lord, we repent of the ways that we have been selfish and that we've wanted our way and we didn't want you to have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All those cool relational ways that we see that, that Jesus did life with his disciples, he, he loves you just as much to do those with you. And that includes sometimes busting your chops. That includes sometimes correcting you and saying, get behind me, Satan. In this walk, we can trust him. So I encourage us to... Uh, to do exactly that, to trust him, to obey, and to love him the way that he wants to be loved. And then from that, to love others with his love and not just our own.